Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is my dear friend, Jody Cohen. Joni Sternoff-Cohen is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, functional practitioner, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she has combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils. She has helped over 70,000 clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. Her website, Vibrant Blue Oils, is visited by over 500,000 natural health seekers every year, and she's rapidly become a top resource for essential oils education on the internet today. Her first book, Healing with Essential Oils, is available on Amazon.com, and her new book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body, will be released March 16th, 2021. I hope you enjoy my conversation today with Jody Cohen. She talks about her upcoming summit, the Parasympathetic Summit. We have a link in the show notes if you'd like to join us for the event and enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone. I have my dear friend Jody Cohen on the show today, and I'm so excited to not only have this conversation, but she is just launching her Parasympathetic Summit, and this is just a labor of love and an amazing project that I have found on many walks in the neighborhood discussing with Jody, and I'm really excited for her to share this combination and culmination of really a, a years of hard work. So um, I'm really excited to have this conversation today, Jody. Oh gosh, well, thank you for having me, and thank you for you suggested a lot of the great guests. Oh. A lot of them were your idea, so thank you for that. Well, no, I know that you're you excel in everything you put your mind to, and that you really did a wonderful job. You have over 50 people, I think, correct, on the summit? Yeah, well, because I, um, I'm i not a last minute person, so I started so early. And then by the time it, it was getting closer, more people were coming out of the woodwork and volunteering. And uh, I had the bandwidth to interview them and, and they're fascinating, it's great. Yeah, so we're gonna just dive into a lot of what you've learned and what you wanna share. Um, but you're, you know, you named the summit the Parasympathetic Summit. So. That is a term that gets thrown around a lot these days. Um, everyone is talking about getting into a parasympathetic state and you need to be in parasympathetic to heal. But what is what does that mean to you and why are you so passionate about this topic? Yeah, it, it's really foundational. Your body basically doesn't heal when it's in danger because it prioritizes getting you out of danger. And that means that the critical components to healing, like your ability to di- digest food, eliminate toxins, anti-inflame and turn on your immune system are all kind of put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And if they stay on the back burner for too long, then all of these problems can start to arise. It's a little bit like saying my light switch doesn't work and, you know, the fuse box is shut down. That feels to me like you have to be in the right gear in order for all these functions to naturally work so that you can keep up with, um, you know, absorbing your nutrients, getting your building blocks, eliminating your toxins, even sleeping and making sure that your immune system is turned on and working with you and not against you. Mm -hmm. So what in your research and in your discovery, you know, why, um, why are we so um, blocked from engaging our parasympathetic state these days? Great question. So, you know, the stress is kind of defined as anything that we feel might be a threat. And it's not that there are so many lions chasing us down the street. It's more that our thought process, our anticipatory stress, you know, um, my boss is going to be disappointed in me. My husband and I had a fight this morning. I'm worried about my child and I don't know what to do. My parents are aging. You know, my friend has cancer. All of these things that we worry about 
our body doesn't really differentiate between thought-driven stress and actual physical stressors. So I think, and especially the environment of the world and the uncertainty of our future, I think that we're all overthinking. And in response to that overthinking, our body releases um, chemicals, you know, like cortisol and other stress hormones that keep us locked in that state. And we're so unaware that we're doing it that we're, we're not even aware that we should maybe be doing something different and that we have strategies to shift gears. So true. It's, you know, modern life presents so many challenges, right? And I look at it from, you know, when people come with a chronic illness, we look at, of course, their terrain, their ecosystem, environmental toxicants, and then this whole like aspect of our emotional and mental and spiritual health and the traumas that we've all, you know, walked through in life and how that can really create imbalances and, you know, stress and dysregulation within our nervous system. So I think it's such an important topic and probably everybody who is listening can relate on some way or another. And so I know we have a lot to cover. So before we kind of dive into some other specifics, you know, the other term that gets thrown around a lot right now is this whole concept of our vagus nerve and the temporal nerve and how it really is one of the key um, factors in supporting a parasympathetic state. And so can you just give us a high level overview of like what the vagus nerve is and how that, um, how, how that plays in uh, to the parasympathetic state. Yeah. And the, the analogy that I use, you know, as your listeners probably know, your autonomic nervous system controls all your automatic functions, like your ability to breathe, your heart beating, your digestion of food, your detoxification process. And the sympathetic state is more like the gas pedal. You know, there's an emergency, blood needs to go to the arms and the limbs, the heart needs to go faster. Parasympathetic is more of the brake, you're safe. You get to digest your food. The immune system turns on. The on-off switch between those two systems is your vagus nerve. It's the longest nerve in your body. It connects the brain to the gut and the gut to the brain. And it basically controls all of the information that flows from the brain down and then from the body back up. And it's really critical that it flows in both directions because if the brain, if you've ever been driving and you have a co-pilot who's a terrible navigator, you're going to get lost. If the brain's not getting good messages from the body, it's not responding with the right cues. And then your body falls out of balance and you present with symptoms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's such an um, important part to talk about this bi-directional communication because we think about cranial nerves, we think a lot of like top down, right? So the brain communicating to the body, but you know, the one of the things that I'm always trying to digest in my understanding of the vagus nerve is that 80 to 90% of the vagus nerve fibers are actually ascending, meaning it's getting information from the body to relay back to the brain. So um, so do you, did you learn anything in your summit or have any insights of with that knowledge, how we really can enhance our parasympathetic state? Yeah, you know, Kieran Krishnan, who um, owns Megaspore, his was one of my favorite talks. In fact, if you just sign up, it's free. You can watch it at your leisure. But he really talked about um, almost how, you know, you're trying to activate the nerve and there are all these different strategies. You can splash your face with freezing water, um, activate any of the organs that are nerve-baited by the vagus nerve, like deep breathing for the lungs, uh, coffee enema with the gallbladder. Well, what he was saying is that it's almost like when you, you know, you're looking at these emergent programs because when you kind of come at things from different angles, it's more effective. So his strategy was you take the probiotic, which basically um, seeds the gut for better communication from the gut up, 
but then you also activate the vagus nerve, you know, on the brain. So top down. So you're just hitting it from as many angles as possible. And, you know, it's a little bit like if you want to lose weight, you know, you could just go on a diet or you could exercise or you could do both, you know, and the more you do to kind of help you shift into that new state, the more effective it's going to be. Yeah. And that really kind of highlights that, you know, really what are we talking about with the gut brain connection, right? And so um, really the information and the sensing of the, the nerve has in the gut via the microbiome is the microbiome is informing, um, you know, the brain that, you know, things are okay or they're not okay. And I love Kieran's work. I've had, interviewed him a bunch and he's just um, brilliant. And every time I listen to him, I learn something new. So I'm definitely. Oh, I know. He does the best job of making incredibly complicated things really simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other um, piece of the vagus nerve, um, you know, I'm totally curious about anything that you heard in your summit and, you know, something that I'm reflecting on after interviewing Dr. Uh, Roland McGrady, who's on the podcast, who is the director of research on heart math. He talks a lot about heart brain coherence and how a lot of the innervation in the heart to be the vagus nerve is ascending fibers. And so, you know, we just talked about the gut brain, but we also have to think about the heart brain connection and how you know, the more that we have coherence and strength in the electromagnetic field that the heart is generating, that actually informs our neurology. And so I thought that was just a, you know, I know heart math is like around for a long time, but it was just something that I continue to digest. It's like, wow, you know, the heart is more of a conductor, I think, in our physiology than we we talk about. Yeah. And so we have Dr. Greg Eckel and Dr. Jeff Jack Wolfson that are both addressing <laughs> that. But one thing that I loved that Greg was saying that that really kind of landed um, I mean, what, what was he saying? He had a great analogy that, you know, the brain, you don't want to live there. Like that's really where the anticipatory stress and all the fear. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious or having panic attacks, that's because you're too much in your head. The more you can land in your heart and really kind of process things through the heart. That's why gratitude practices, forgiveness practices, all of these kind of mental strategies that really activate your heart that helps you feel safe. Like you're so good about that with Anne Marie. She's so cute with her gratitude. And it's such a great thing to teach her. Well, thank you. And we start our day, right? With our, you know, um, gratitude at Cary Park, right? You know, so yeah. she, all sorts of fun things that she says. But I just love how we're wired, right? And we, we know we feel better when we're in a state of gratitude or we're in these positive or energy producing emotions. And we're literally wired to respond in a positive physiological state when we get into that energy. I'm, I'm going through a huge transition in my life right now. And, you know, whatever the day brings, I've been trying, I try to start my day with gratitude, but I'm also trying to end my day with gratitude and reflect on like, oh, wow, like all of the blessings that have happened in the day, um, no matter what obstacles are coming in, it, it is amazing how much better you feel, you know, and it helps you. You know what else? Um, heart opening poses like yoga. Like I actually, uh, someone gifted me a yoga wheel that you just recline over and it, um, sometimes moving through hard emotions is really intense and painful. And there's something about using your physical body and yoga poses to do it because you can control it. You know, it's like you can lean back and feel this unbelievable rush of emotions that you don't really like, but you just want to release them. And then you can always sit up, you know, it kind of controls it's, it's almost like you don't have to drink from a fire hose. You can yeah. control the flow and the intensity. Mm-hmm. 
No, so true. And, um, you know, as we're talking about this idea of heart opening, gratitude, and how that can help us engage the parasympathetic state, obviously a big role of why you did the summit is your work with essential oils. And so can you just share some insight of essential oils that you feel, you know, open the heart or your experience with that? Yeah, essential oils work on so many levels. You know, there's kind of the chemical level, like we know that over 50% of our pharmaceutical drugs were derived from plants, right? You know, aspirin is derived from white willow bark, valium from valerian root. So oils physically are just really the concentrated essence of plants. So like one drop of peppermint oil is the equivalent of 25 cups of peppermint tea. It's concentrated dry herbs that have medicinal properties. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is, as you and I talk about, it's really hard to get the right remedies into the right area of the brain. And that's why you work with so many herbal tinctures and liposomal remedies. The olfactory channel is the most efficient way to get things into the brain. And the brain is protected by um, the blood-brain barrier, which only lets super, super small fat-soluble molecules through. So oils are kind of the perfect way to get within the brain, you know, and then our cells are also our cellular membranes are fat. Also, um, you know, transdermal, topical application, one of the things that you're so gifted in, you know, people struggle to digest their nutrients. So you have suppositories, you have IVs, you have light therapy, you have all these workarounds to kind of help put people in balance when digestion is compromised. And I think that, you know, like your, um, your Loom V cream, anything that you can do to use your skin, which may or may not be your largest organ, as kind of a doorway to your body and your bloodstream is really powerful. And um, a lot of the oils are really good. Like smell is, um, you know, you, we have the five senses that we're aware of. Some of us are very intuitive and have other senses. But smell is the one that goes directly to the part of your brain that is kind of looking for danger called the amygdala. All of the other senses are routed through the thalamus first. And that's because it plays a powerful role in danger. You know, we can smell fire, we can smell predator odor. On the flip side, we can smell food and water to keep us alive. And what's interesting, there's a Nobel laureate here in Seattle named Linda Buck, who did all of this research on olfactory receptors. And she identified the olfactory receptors that were correlated with predator odor. And then she took it one step further and she said, what would kind of calm them down? And it turns out it's roses. So just stopping to smell the roses or rose oil in our physiology, it's almost like we have, you know, on switches, off switches. And there are a lot of things that can kind of shift us in and out of balance. But smell is really powerful and especially like kind of calming, beautiful smells like citrus and, and flowers can really calm us down. Amazing how society, you know, we have these, you know, practices and these traditions, um, and there's such a deeper meaning, right? You know, obviously, rose is such a symbolism of, you know, heart, energy, and love. And there's, you know, um, yeah, there's a deeper truth right behind all of that. Um, yeah, you know, Maya, she treated on the summit talks mm -hmm. a lot about that. And how like bringing flowers is like sharing the gift of nature. That's what I love about the parasympathetic. It's not just one answer. You know, there, there are so many ways, all roads lead to Rome. There are a lot of ways that you can get there. There are expensive devices you can use. There are, you know, thought-based practices. It's just, it's not a one and done. It's mm -hmm. kind of a, a pick what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, and that's what's so exciting about your summit. You have such a great array of speakers to really, whoever's listening now and who watches the summit, you'll find what resonates with you and, you know, just really 
seek those uh, speakers out to find some tools that you might not have thought about to help help in your healing journey or your family or friends. So Jody, so you there's so many speakers you have. I mean, I have them in front of me and I have a lot of, you know, I'm excited to listen to them. One speaker I want to just touch on as we kind of wrap, like kind of transition out of our conversation around the vagus nerve, but it's Dr. Stephen Porches, right? And so he has his whole polyvagal theory and he, um, you know, really has groundbreaking, I believe, ideas. And so and it's complicated, right? When you read blogs about him or listen to podcasts, it's kind of hard to maybe first digest about what he's saying. But what are some of the cliff notes that you want to share today about your interview with Stephen Porges? I know. I mean, I, I obviously own the polyvagal theory. Mm-hmm. I've read it many times. And there are times when I can just tell, like my eyes are glazing over and I'm like, I'm not tracking. Like somehow mm-hmm. I'm the dots are not connecting. And he's he's such a gracious, kind human being. He's so warm. And in the interview, he simplified it so much. He made it so, you know, like Anne-Marie could understand it. It was that, well, she's a brilliant two-year-old. But (laughs) my point being that um, it it was really accessible. And what I really loved is he really tied it into what's going on in the world today. You know, with the idea that we connect to others to feel safe, you know, and back to kind of heart math, you know, our, our heart radius is kind of five feet. So being six feet apart we don't actually feel each other's energy and, and our, each other's energetic support. And wearing the mask, we can't smile at each other. You know, you can't see it and you tend to gaze avert, which makes people feel unsafe. So he was just talking about kind of what he's observing in the world and how that affects the vagus nerve and how, and some smart workarounds, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to say, I had worked with other practitioners before we became friends, you know, and they just say, just take this. And I wouldn't really know what it was for. And so my compliance was, eh. And then with you, you're so good about saying, this is for your liver. This is for your lymphatic system. And I think that once you know what something does, it makes it easier. You understand why you need it. And so it's easier to adhere to compliance. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm excited to, you know, learn more about his work and hear that interview. And then what were, I mean, you have this amazing opportunity to digest a lot of this information over time, but what are some other speakers that really stood out or some clinical pearls that you really want to share today? Well, I, I loved your your suggestion, Dr. Mark Ruggio. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. And you guys did some amazing research in developing your flow cream. You know, one one of the things that you've discovered in practice is that when the vagus nerve isn't signaling properly, then other, it's, it's almost like the first domino to fall and other things fall out of balance. And it's not just stress that can impact it, but also physical toxins, especially in the mouth. And you did such an amazing job really getting into what is going on in the mouth and how that can kind of cause um, toxic drainage that can then impact the vagus nerve. And it's almost like um, you guys are, you know, once you punch, you set it up and then he showed, you guys have done sonograms of the neck. And, you know, think about the neck as like a row in an airplane. And maybe there's someone that's really too big for that row and you're not getting your armrest. You know, if your lymph is really congested from all these toxins, it's going to compress into your vagus nerve and your vagus nerve is not going to signal as well. And Dr. Ruggio showed slides. He showed all the research. That was so fun to learn. He's so thorough. Yeah, he's a scientist and a researcher and I've learned so much um, from him over the years and he takes a lot of his insight and creates some wonderful, uh, amazing products. And so it's just been really fun to get to know him over the years. I'm really glad. Like the flow cream product, amazing products. (laughs) 
it yeah. Was, you know, and it's just amazing. Yeah, that I mean, he he really put that together. And yeah. then I loved Diana Driscoll. She did a really nice job of explaining acetylcholine and kind of, you know, her background is optometry. And so some of the other symptoms, you know, PCOS and dry eyes and things that can kind of happen when your vagus nerve is dysregulated. Mm-hmm. She's a great story too. Yeah, she's an incredible story. I had interviewed her on um, the podcast and she came out with a product called Parison Plus that I use often with patients. Um, and I'm, I'm taking it. You're right. It helps. So acetylcholine does a lot of things, but it helps with focus. It's made and, and anxiety. It makes me calmer and better able to focus. Any other speakers um, that stand out that you want to share today? I, I really liked David Perlmutter, you know, who kind of uh, put his flag in the sand for a grain brain, but his latest book, Brainwash, he really talks about the amygdala hijack and kind of that idea of repetitive thought patterns. And I thought he shared some really lovely um, strategies and just, you know, like the low hanging fruit, easy things that people can do for free anytime, anywhere. Love it. I haven't read that book yet. I, I would like to. I know he does. I have it. You can borrow it. Yeah, it's a little, uh, I, I highlight, so it's yeah. not clean, but. <laughs> you can give me the club notes too. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. And then, so you have like over 50 speakers, right? And so when does your summit air live, Jody? It airs live after the election, November 9th through the 15th, when hopefully the world will be calmer. Who yeah. knows? But Yeah, great. And then I had um, someone ask me this when I did a summit before, and I think this is an interesting question. So how do you, for the listener out there, how would you approach your summit? Just any words of advice for anyone who's listening, how to approach the summit that you put together? You know, what I would do, well, we really do have a lot of great information. I would kind of look at it and figure out what speakers I really wanted to hear. And then we do send you the information for each day. And and like you, I think I'm going to do a little Facebook Live and, and kind of share the highlights. But um, I try, I just start with the one that I think is going to be the most interesting. And then it's a little bit like binge watching a Netflix show. Like I wind up watching all of them or all that I can. And then there was also a replay weekend where you can binge as well. Awesome. Awesome. So Jody, you've been busy. You created this amazing summit that I'm so excited to share with everyone. And then you wrote a book and your book is going to come out in 2021, but I'd love to start giving the preview of book. What it, what is it, what is it about? So it's essential oils to boost the brain and heal the body. And I actually wanted it to be oils for the brain, but because, you know, as we were talking about, it's bi-directional, the brain impacts the body. And what I, I get a little frustrated when people are like, oh, there's an oil for everything. It's a magic bullet. I don't, think there are any magic bullets. You know, if, if you're deficient in vitamin B, oils are not going to help you. Mm-hmm. If you're having a heart attack, you need to go to the ER. But there are, there are five key areas where I think oils really do stand out and can make a dramatic difference. Um, the vagus nerve, which we talked about, you can use a, a blend of clove and lime. Um, the vagus nerve is most accessible to the surface, kind of right here behind the earlobe on the mm-hmm. mastoid bone. In fact, there's a, a vagus nerve stimulation insert kind of like a pacemaker that they surgically attach right there for that reason. Um, But then also sleep. You know, we talk a lot about sleep and how if you're not sleeping, you can't heal because your brain actually shrinks when you're sleeping and the glymphatic system washes it out. Uh, And then the, the biggest thing is drainage. I think, and I've learned this from you, 
Drainage is the most missed part of healing. You know, everyone thinks, oh, detoxification, and they're drinking green juice, and yay, they're mobilizing toxins. But if those toxins are recirculated, it's a little bit like Sisyphus. You just keep pushing the same, your poor liver keeps processing those same toxins over and over again. And so making sure that the toxins that are mobilized leave the body. And this is one thing that oils, especially cypress and black pepper oil, they really help open the vasculature and expand the lymph and allow for better drainage. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth thing is having the energy to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in stress, just drains your energy completely. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to rebalance your endocrine system, your hypothalamus, your adrenals, your thyroid, just gives you more energy that you can use toward healing. And then the last concept is immune modulation. Your immune system needs to be working with you, not against you. And that's actually another sweet spot for oils. They're known to be antimicrobial, antibacterial, really good for supporting the immune system. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. So those five areas of focus you go through in the book. And then um, going back to sleep, um, well, first you mentioned your parasympathetic blend that's cloven. Lime, a lot of my patients really enjoy, and that's just a really nice way to activate the parasympathetic state. And then, you know, with sleep, I mean, sleep is really, right, complex. I, I really work a lot on sleep with patients, and it can be multifactorial why, you know, they're not sleeping. But of course, you know, the, you know, the goal is to get, you know, proper melatonin production so people can have restorative sleep. And so you have a blend of circadian, right? Circadian. Yeah. Can you share you know, some essential oils that you put together really to target sleep? Yeah. Well, the, the whole idea, idea and, and we talk about this a lot, you know, your pineal gland is what releases melatonin in response to darkness. And a combination of toxins in the environment, like fluoride in the water, can calcify the pineal gland. I can't talk today pineal gland, you know, light at the wrong times because it responds to light can really throw it off. So it's a combination of oils. Um, I think that, you know, we've kind of talked about this. There's a blueprint for what each organ functions like when it's healthy and oils and humans are really biofamiliar. We kind of have the same blueprint. So you can combine different oils to kind of match the frequency of a healthy pineal gland. And it's almost like sending a signal. Like, you know, think about your TV, you use the remote control to change the channel. You're sending a signal and it says, oh, I'm going to channel four or five or whatever it is. You can use oils kind of around your head to activate your pineal gland. And it says, oh, this is my signal to release melatonin. Concept of um, we call it resonant frequencies that there's a optimal frequency that every organ system you know basically vibrates at and so um, when we're off balance you know a, a big part of my work and the work that we're all doing who um, are in this field is how do we you know get people back to their natural natural resonant frequency right and there's so many things that take us off track right and so you know how do we give the body information so that blueprint or that you know field of information is telling you know our biochemistry to turn on and off and so that yeah that i think there's just so much to explore and so much to share i feel like we're at a a tipping point in a lot of ways also that a lot of people really are seeking these types of treatments out and are really more open-minded to this form of, you know, for lack of a better word, energy medicine. And so I think that's, um, you know, Dr. Tennant talks about, you know, the frequency of oils, but I think other than that, people don't really, you know, use that knowledge base to share like why they're working. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have talked about like everything light has frequency, you know, 
Um, mm -hmm. Color has frequency. There's so many ways and it's such a gentle way. And, and I know it's been your experience as well that when people are, are really chronically ill, it's often because they're just very sensitive. And for very, I'm a very sensitive person. The gentler frequency-based medicine is a lot easier for me. It, it doesn't, you know, hurts me out or make me feel worse. It, it kind of feels like it works better with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a whole field of, um, there's a technology and a system of frequency-specific microcurrent. And why I mentioned that right now is that, you know, it's specific, right? So getting the right frequency at the right time to support the body really can make the shift. And so it's just working, you know, um, with tools or people or technologies that will help match what you need at the right time. And that's when you see these things work their magic. So no, that's, that's wonderful. So Jody, you have a summit, you have a book, you're in the throes of this huge launch, and you have a lot to be proud of. Um, how are you staying in the parasympathetic state through all of this? You know, it's it's funny. I, I think we all have our coping mechanisms, right? And I realized like uh, in Seattle, the air quality got really bad for a while and we couldn't go outside. That was really hard for me. I think my number one coping mechanism is just being outside and moving in nature. Um, I do have my, my parasympathetic blend that mm -hmm. I apply a lot, but Actually, as an upsell for the summit, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. But one of the things I put together was kind of the 10 tips, the 10 things I do every day, just because I think it can feel overwhelming, right? You know, and, and you don't need to do everything. If you just pick one thing, if you just remember to be grateful, like I shared, my, my father um, passed away about a year ago, and he used to say, you need someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. So that's where I try to focus my gratitude because it just helps me um, feel productive. And I do it first thing when I wake up and then before bed. I like to walk in nature, um, do yoga, uh, Epsom salt baths. I think binders, I think anything you can do to help your body uh, release things that it doesn't need that can be causing the immune system to turn on and cause inflammation are really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is, you know, it, it, it was all divine timing. I know that you had this plan for a long time, but this is such an important message to get out into the world because, I mean, 2020, I think, has brought everyone, you know, to their really knees of looking at how how to navigate a very uncertain time where no matter who you are, what your experience is, there's something in your life has profoundly changed, right? And so how do we navigate you know that stress and we're learning a lot about how to stay resilient and how to access the uh, parasympathetic um no matter what we encounter and what we face that is really outside of our control so i think this is a really important topic yeah and i think especially when you're chronically ill and sometimes you have setbacks or things aren't actually going the way you wish they would um you know you and i have both kind of had onslaughts of things that we they weren't on our bucket list we didn't wish for them and what I learned is when everything is crazy outside of me and I have no control over, you know, what our leaders decide to do, what the weather decides to do, I can always control myself. I can always control how I respond. And I always do better when I pause because one of the things that happens when you're feeling um, unsafe and in danger is that your creative problem solving skills really narrow down. It's actually physical. Your pupils, the black parts of your eyes get really big like saucers because that allows you to kind of hyper-focus on the next thing that will keep you safe. I'm 
going to run into that cave. I'm going to use my pepper spray against this assailant, whatever it is. But if you, you know, had the potential to see all the options, you might not move and you might die. And so when you're starting to feel really overwhelmed and, and afraid, um, the best thing you can do is just really try to calm down your nervous system. I forgot our friend Amy Stark shares um, some tapping techniques, like really simple points you can tap on that help calm your nervous system immediately. And then suddenly so many options appear, you know, something that you might have thought there were only two choices. You can see like 20 different possibilities. Um, and, and when you have options, then that allows you to feel more safe and more in control. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. I think um, people get into that like hyper-focused or even frozen state in the sense that they don't see the bigger picture, right? And so um, taking those moments to pause and um, reflect and not make, you know, hasty decisions, right? I think that's really important. <laughs> not email that person back when yeah. you're like riled up. <laughs> I know that's something that I have definitely learned over my decade of practice is that you just have to you know, just take things in and, you know, digest them and then respond when you have some space, right? Think, you know, your body tells you how you feel, right? It's like, think of like, you know, gratitude, where we just talked about how like you feel relaxed and harmonious. And then when you feel like endangered and emotionally charged, it's like, that's not the energy you want to be, you know, sending, you know, it's like you want to come back, reflect and come from a more grounded, centered place. And, and your body will tell you that, you know, your, your body, nothing feels good when you're that viscerally charged and reactive. You know, that reminds me, Elisa Song did a really good job talking about the cell danger response. And it's particularly relevant to your community because she talked about how you get people to healing, like, you know, they're on that really strict protocol and they're almost better. And then somehow, it doesn't set in. And she said it's because the cell danger response, it hasn't fully reset into the parasympathetic state. And so mm -hmm. even though, you know, you're eating all the right foods, you're taking all the right supplements, maybe you're doing saunas every day and coffee enemas and foot baths and everything right, there's that one little tweak that you can refine that really kind of puts you on the new path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love the cell danger response is a framework to understand, you know, why people are stuck in a really um, dysfunctional physiological state. And it, it explains so much. Um, so no, I'm, I'll listen to that one too. Uh, well, especially, you know, she's a pediatrician, so she makes it, if she can explain it to kids, she can explain it to anyone. <laughs> I know, right? She's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Jody, I mean, this is amazing and the work and amazing um, to have this all, you know, come to fruition at this time. Any, you know, last words of wisdom or anything on your heart that you want to share? You know, the one thing, in addition to if you're overwhelmed running things through your heart, not your head, there is a trick that I use a lot. And it's this idea, it's like a, a panic reset. And so, oh, also in the summit, Titus Chu talks about how when you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack, that's overactivation of your right frontal lobe. And what's wonderful about oils in the olfactory channel is that normally the, the right side of the brain affects the left body and vice versa, but your nose, your factory channel, right nostril goes to right brain, left nostril goes to left brain. So to balance the two hemispheres, you can smell something through your left nostril and you can be just like a jai breathing, you just plug one nostril, smell through the other side, 
that stimulates the left frontal lobe, balances the two hemispheres, and the panic pass is really cool. Well, great. Well, um, we'll have a link to your summit in the show notes, but where can people find more about you and your work and all the wonderful things you're up to? Oh, thank you. Um, they can email me at info at Vibrant Blue Oils, and we'll answer any questions for vibrantblueoils.com. The book is called uh, Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. It's already up for pre-sale on Amazon. And you don't know this yet. Um, it's going to be published in Brazil as well. We got some international interest. Oh, I know, right? So exciting. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, congratulations, Jody. Um, Thank you. For all the wonderful success ahead. And it's just, you just did a fabulous job putting together this panel of experts and bringing a lot of important information that is, again, so relevant and so needed right now. So congratulations. And I'm really excited to hear my community's feedback and what they learned. And my patients will tell me what they took away. So I'm, I'll be listening, but it will be fun to hear what my patients also bring back and want to explore and share with me. So thank you for being on the summit. Yeah. And I'd love to know that. And especially as you're building your, your next amazing, you know, experience, that'll be helpful for you too. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Well, everyone, again, the link for the summit will be in the show notes and um, we'll have all of Jody's information as well. And I really, really hope there's so many summits out there and information overload, but this is one that you really want to access and tune into. And I know that you will learn a lot of amazing information and clinical pearls to take with you. So thank you. Thank you.